Hello and welcome to another episode of the Burb Moto Broadcast. Now, I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, and my editor over at Verb Moto, Chase Stala, has been giving me a lot of crap lately about the fact that this show doesn't really have its own name. Now, I, of course, am the host of Big MX Radio, a separate podcast that's been running since 2014, and my initials are B-I-G, therefore that's why I called it Big MX Radio to begin with. Now, uh, if that's not what we're going to go with for this particular show, uh, I would love to kind of throw it to you guys for some ideas as to what we should call this thing. Should we stick with Big MX, or should we um, come up with something completely unique like the Squad Pod? So... I submit to you guys to uh, throw out some names on Twitter. If you're not already following Verb Moto Podcast Network on Instagram and Twitter, I'd encourage you to do so. If you want all the updates on all the shows that are coming out, whether it's Winner's Take Y'all, uh, the Vanilla Broadcast, you name it, uh, Squad Pod, the, the Big MX Radio Show, as it's going to be called until then, um, please follow those accounts. And I would love for you guys to submit some uh, some names that you think is, uh, would be noteworthy or uh, of, of representative of this show. So uh, all you can really go off is the fact that I am Canadian as Canadian gets. I am I'm located right in the middle of Canada in Manitoba, uh, about a stone's throw away from uh, where the great Steve Mathis uh, calls home, uh, or at least at one time did. So, and uh, my initials are B-I-G, love motocross, and uh, love continuing to do this show. So, um, completely wide open to the ideas that you guys might come up with. Please tag myself, at BradGMX95 on Twitter, or you can also tag uh, VerbMoto or the VerbMoto Podcast Network. Would really appreciate that, guys. Uh, We don't have any sponsors for this show yet so far, and that's completely on me. Uh, but a little bird told me that if you enter discount code BIGMX20 at checkout for Guts Racing, you're going to save 20%. All right, guys. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to my interview with none other than Daxton Benick. And with us on the line from Monster Star Racing Yamaha, your fastest qualifier from this last weekend at Red Bud. Amazing track. I wish I could ride that place. In fact, that's probably going to be where I end up doing my regional when I try and make it to Loretta's next year. This guy's going to Loretta's for the last time before turning pro for the very for, for the official hitting supercrosses and all that fun stuff. But he made his pro debut this last weekend. Fastest qualifier, like I already said. Solid finishes in both motos in the top ten overall, but for none other than Daxton Benick. Daxton, welcome back to the Big MX Radio Podcast. Welcome back to Verb Moto. Welcome back, brother. Yeah, it's good to be back. Uh, definitely an exciting weekend. Dude, like, tell me about just the, the whole process of going into this weekend. Um, like, there was there was rumblings that we, we might have seen you at Thunder Valley. You come out for Red Bud. And tip to tail, front to back, um, honestly, can't ask for anything be- for a whole lot better much better uh considering the results um you end up going 10-9 for 10th overall um yeah that was a really solid day you gotta be proud of that yeah I definitely am like like I said uh I mean I didn't come in with really any expectations you know so I, I've never raced most of these guys and I didn't know what to expect I just knew kind of what I was capable of doing and uh you know I was shooting four top 10 and I was in I was putting that B practice in my first ever race and but the team told me, like, you can qualify first if you send it. And I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll send it. So 
Yeah, that's what I went out and did. I only got three laps of practice because uh, I did my good lap, and then I crashed right after that and destroyed my radiator. And Yeah, I wasn't even able to finish the practice. But, yeah, the the fastest qualifier thing was six, and then um, I knew the, the motos were going to be long, and all those guys are, are really strong. So, yeah, I, I just went out, got a re- pretty good start at the first moto. I think I was in the top probably eight, and then a couple of, like, I think Levi got me in Vial, and then I was, like, 10th that whole entire moto with a stick, and then the second moto, I had a terrible start. I had to dodge that crash, and um, I think I was around 20th, and I, I had to really dig deep that moto. I got back to ninth, and I'm really proud of the way I rode that moto for sure, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I can't wait for next weekend. Definitely, man. It, it looks like it's going to be a, a solid summer for you uh, right off the rip. Um qualifying first like just going out there laying down a lap which really proves to me just the the speed that the a class in the amateur ranks has is obviously like you guys are on the absolute edge of things as far as being able to lay down that lap but the fact you were able to back that up lap after lap after lap during the motos that had to have felt good for you because like you guys have the speed uh rolling into your, your pro debut the question is can you sustain that throughout an entire moto uh and that takes time to develop no, for sure. I mean, it's it's one thing doing it for one lap, but it's another doing it for, you know, that whole 35 minutes, and that's what it's going to take to obviously run up there. So um, I did drop off a little bit that first moto, but uh, just something I need to work on a little bit. You know, it's my first race, so I was a little nervous for sure, and, you know, I got a little unpumped the first moto, but the second moto I was really strong, and, uh, yeah, the arms didn't bother me at all. So what's been your progression like on the, the side of things for stamina? Uh, obviously, you're, you're working on technique, you're working on uh, overall speed, but eventually you have to be able to elongate that over an entire moto. Um, like, let's say, where were we eight weeks ago as far as your stamina to be able to go X number of minutes, and where are we at now? Yeah, I mean, I could run the speed of the guys here at the farm, like, uh, you know, Justin and... Um, you know, obviously Gillum, Levi, Hayden, I could do that, that speed for a couple laps, maybe six laps, seven laps. But I mean, after that, it was really hard to keep focus and keeping that, that speed. Like it's really hard to go that fast for that long. Cause I mean, you're just, you're on the edge kind of, and you're, you're, I mean, you're hitting everything pretty much as fast as you can go. So, uh, it was tough for me mentally and obviously physically. And, um, I just, it was hard to hang on to how fast my bike is too. So, um, it, I mean, I just, took a little time for sure i mean now obviously i'm getting through the motors really well i, I definitely can be better still but it's i've improved a, a lot for sure fair enough so uh you are heading back to uh to the ranch this year for uh, what will likely be your your final trip there um thoughts on and what's going to be your approach to setting yourself up for success heading back there for uh like i said will probably be your last time at the ranch yeah so it's kind of up in the air right now i mean I've scored 23 points this weekend, so if I, I am racing Southwick next weekend, so if I do do that again, then I, I won't be able to race because if I have more than 40 points, I won't be able to go back. But, uh, I mean, yeah, so the team and I are discussing kind of what we want to do. I mean, it's up in the air. I mean, I could be racing Loretta's. I could not be. So, um, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I, I don't really care. I'm down for whatever. So, um but if I do end up going to Loretta's, it would be just to dominate. Fair enough. Well, like if you don't end up going to, to, to Loretta's, can I take your spot? And do you think I'd do well? 
Yeah, I mean, we put you on the star bike. I mean, there's a good chance you're going to do pretty good. <laughs> I, I'd at least get a good start. Uh, let's talk about the leap. We're talking about if we're going to talk about the star bike. We're going to talk about the Loraco's leap. Um, how many times you hit that thing before you greased it? And uh, I'm sure you've jumped that jump before. But what was it uh, in its current rendition, uh, coming down off of that uh, left-handed corner? Um, sort of a 90 there. What was the thought process going in there? Just basically uh, third or fourth gear all she got? Well, to be honest with you, I was the first practice and it was pretty smooth. So I hit it first lap. <laughs> so boy. Uh, I just, I came around and I was in third, I think in the corner and I shifted to fourth. I was off the back of that thing and I just stretched it and I actually over jumped it. But um in the motos was a different story. Like it was everything I had to make it in the motos. I did jump it a few times, and I luckily I never cased it. But um, that was just good judgment. Like I knew if I didn't have the right run, I wasn't jumping it. I just doubled it. So it is a lot nicer when you do jump the whole thing because like going doubled and jumping off of it off like the landing into the flat is oh it sucks. So jumping it definitely saves a lot of energy. No kidding. Just ask uh, Julian Bomir what it's like to, to case that thing. I think he's going to need a lawyer after that hit. Uh, that was uh, that, that. I I can't even. I can't imagine. Like the um, that might just be an ad for aftermarket wheels because I didn't see too many break, uh, but I saw a few guys coming up short. Yeah, I mean Hayden cased it really bad too, and I he was good, but it it it's a hard hit if you came up short like it. It's pretty steep, actually. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, no, it really isn't. You're basically, it's kind of a poster stamp to land on the, on the backside of the thing. But uh, uh, Hayden kind of stole your thunder on the weekend, man. I didn't want to bring it up, but uh, the young man goes out and gets himself an overall win on the same day where uh, you make your pro debut. Was there any animosity back at the truck, fisticuffs? What, what was it all about? You guys going to throw down or what? No, <laughs> that was... It was cool for both of us, for sure. I mean, Hayden's obviously riding really, really well right now. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked where he's at. He's obviously ripping, so, yep. No doubt. Well, uh, uh, clearly the two of you guys uh, knocking down the lap times. And, uh, um, yeah, being able to ride with like, guys like him him and uh, Levi and uh, and Cooper at the track. Like, these guys went one, two, three overall, which uh, is a distinction that uh, not too many teams have been able to do over the years. Uh, Pro Circuit did it a bunch back in the 2000s, back when you were probably an infant, um, and, and something along those lines. But, uh, yeah, like it's, it's got you got to have a lot of confidence given the fact that uh, those, three, those guys are in throughout the top three and uh you put another one in the top 10 uh starbucks taking over man yeah for sure we have a really strong team and uh everyone on this team will do anything it takes to win and do everything it like takes to get the bike or you better so um yeah i mean we obviously no one really sees during the week but we're flying so as long as we can bring that to the race i would say we're in good shape Okay, so take us through a week uh, training. Uh, like you guys, you, you like you you text me said you're you're done uh, training for the day. Uh, is it repetitive? Is it the same thing week to week? Is it more sort of dependent on what your body's feeling? Obviously, if you have a big crash or something along those lines. But if it's all systems go, is it the same thing week over week, or does it change uh, periodically? Yeah, I mean it's it's a lot of training whenever we're out of season. It's obviously um, pretty heavy, and then like right now, it's, it, we're still training good and consistently, but the workload's not as much. So, um, but we still train every single day that we aren't riding or, you know, whatever it is. So, yeah. But we, I feel like 
you know, Swanee does a really, really good job of keeping it balanced for sure. I mean, we always feel really good going into the week, going into like the weekend on the race day. So, yep. Okay, fair enough. Um, so, like here at Verb Moto, uh, we have a tagline: "Dirt bikes are dope." And you know what? Going fast on a dirt bike is really dope, but all encompassingly, go like riding your motorcycle, getting to play around a little bit. You guys have at your disposal maybe some of the most high-strung, beautiful-looking motorcycles that have ever gone around a motocross track. How much time do you and the rest of the team get to actually spend? Just enjoying your motorcycle, going out there, like not practice laps, not like working on sections, but just play riding a little bit, working on some unique skills like like just whips, scrubs, this, that, and the other thing. Uh, or is it strictly working on your craft? Uh, we're only riding when it when it matters and, and when it means something. No, yeah, we, we ride to be efficient and, you know, when we're riding, we're training and doing everything we can to be better and that isn't well obviously not doing motos all the time but you know if we slow the pace down it's uh obviously we're working on technique and maybe like no rear brake or no clutch but for the most part it's uh it's training and, and just trying to get better each and every day and uh you know if we're not doing like a workout that day i mean you you can ride a little more after if you want but you normally don't want to because like you train really hard and you're kind of tired so yeah, you're pretty much ready to be done. Fair enough. So that being said, what is a what? Who on the team has the most amount of just like random bike skill? Like stuff. Like like I'm talking like slow wheelies, stoppies, big whips. Like who has that sort of in their back pocket that other riders may not have? Uh, I would say Levi a little bit. I mean, he does some cool stuff. He can't really whip that good. I mean, he's not bad, but he's more of like. He does some cool techie stuff. I feel like I ride a lot like him, but um, I could throw some pretty big whips. Like back in when I was at my compound, I could throw down. <laughs> so I mean, I'll, I'll go pretty big on the whips. And then uh, obviously Hayden does some pretty cool stuff. Um, JQ, if you don't really see it much, but he does have it. But <laughs> for the most part, he's just raw speed. But um, yeah, yeah. Oh, JQ's way too business-like. Like, I don't, I don't think he's entering himself at, uh, to an X Games anytime soon. Uh, yeah, if he did, it might be like a, a speed and style or something like that. But I don't, I don't think Jay Coop's got some big whips in him not, not anytime soon. No, you don't. Normally, you don't see him go too sideways. <laughs> yeah, unless he, he's, he's hitting the ground. Um, so you yourself growing up basically the same age as, as Hayden. Uh, I'm sure at some point you guys played with little dirt bikes in the sandbox at some point. How cool is it to be, uh, you know, like, you're, you're both in the pros now. Uh, it's yet to be seen whether or not you end up going back to the ranch. But making your pro debut, he's winning races. Uh, that's a cool stepping stone for both of you. And obviously, uh, he's sort of set the bar a little bit higher so that you can go uh, chase after it. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's cool, you know. Hayden got on this team probably about a year before me. So he's been in the program and been around it a little longer than me but uh he's definitely set the bar high and i'm gonna do my very best to match that uh, next year so um yeah but like you said it's obviously been cool me and him have grown up together really like even been teammates on ktm since we we're on 50s and just riding together at my track and back in the days where we weren't training we we're just having fun and uh yeah just going to the lake and doing crazy stuff all the time we would probably get hurt way more off the bike than on the bike, but yeah, it was all a good time. Fair enough. You, you gotta, uh, you gotta make those memories, man. Uh, life is too short, but, um, 
what does what does Daxon Bennick still need to work on, in your own opinion, of, of, of how you can still um, like make improvements week to week? Obviously, um, like a tenth is awesome, but we want to move further up the top ten. Uh, what needs to happen yeah. in order for you to get there? I mean, I really think uh, the big part of it is just fighting real hard those first couple laps. You know, like it's intense those first couple laps they, they're going really fast so uh i think it'll be a good start on the weekend and and not letting you know not giving anyone anything that first lap and first couple corners like everyone wants to take your spot so uh, i definitely need to fight a little harder that first lap i let a couple guys buy me that I shouldn't have and um yeah i think that would be a big big step in the right direction and i know if i can be up there with maybe the top five guys like i can run that speed for a little bit so um yeah i mean that would be the the biggest part and then uh just during the week i'm gonna try and work on my technique and and flow and uh yeah just get better what was uh the first that those first laps they are absolute chaos uh take us through that a little bit and then you also mentioned that you were behind that big crash that uh uh swallowed up um under lawrence yeah so the first one i got off to a good start and it like the guys were going fast but it was um like it was chill kind of I was like in my own deal and um like I felt pretty good but the second moto um yeah I came to the corner I wasn't I wasn't whole shot but I wasn't like too far back I was like a good good pretty good start probably top 10 and then uh Hunter kind of drifted out a little bit and yeah collided with a lot of guys and then uh, I had to like completely stop and go around them and then uh you know it was pretty sketchy back there I'm not gonna lie there's a lot of stuff going on that's like you don't really want to be be around you want to be in the front for sure and uh it took me a couple laps to get up up to the top probably 12 guys and then once i got up there i ran some really good laps and got myself into the top 10 and then made the pass uh late in the race for ninth and i was really stoked on that i never really settled so i was pumped that's solid. Yeah, that's a, that's a good uh, way to put your best foot forward at your first ever uh, national. Um, what were your thoughts on, on making it Red Bud? Like, Red Bud is such an iconic weekend. There's so much sort of noise around it. Um, and, of course, making your pro debut. Uh, a lot of guys used to make their pro debuts at Millville. Um, it's an iconic track, and, and you were able to sort of be a part of that for the very first time. Uh, what'd that mean to you? Yeah, it was really, really cool. I mean, Red Bud, like, obviously the fans are unreal. So it's kind of sick, like, just knowing that, like, these guys want to see you race really bad. It, it honestly helps so much, and the fans are awesome. And, um, yeah, like, that track, I don't know if you can get much better of a track. Like, you got big jumps. The dirt is unreal. So uh, I don't think you could do it at a, really any better place than Redbud. Fair enough. Is, is, is it safe to say you're so, so far that's your favorite uh, track on the circuit so far? Yeah, I haven't been to – I don't even know if I've even been to another one, to be honest with you, but... That's yeah, what I was kind of getting at. Yeah. <laughs> what are our thoughts on uh, on Southwood this week? This weekend, then? Uh, are you a sand guy? Um, I'd imagine that you probably have spent some time in the sand, but maybe not as much as others. Uh, I'm be honest with you. I'm pretty good in the sand. Uh, I've rode the okay. sand my whole life, so I'm really looking forward to Southwick, and I know if I can get a good start, I'll, I think I'll be pretty dangerous out there because uh, I really do like the sand. <sighs> 
Calling it right now, Daxon Bennett calling himself for a win at Southwick this coming weekend. Uh, that's a bold call, my friend. Um, hats off to you. Uh, you're feeling dangerous, as was uh, Mr. Hayden Deegan. But uh, no, I, I'm just bugging you, everybody. But but uh, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Honestly, I think uh, like obviously you won't be in uh, the B practice, so uh, that that might hinder the qualifying side of things. But what's your approach to qualifying? You just go out there and put in a lap in, or uh, are you one of those guys who wants to be at the top of the board? No, nah, I want to be up there. I mean, it could go both ways. Sometimes, you know, those lots come to you and sometimes they don't. And, uh, you know, it just depends. Like, it's not all about just sending it because I feel like you can make mistakes like that. You have to be smooth and you have to have the right lines to, have, like, get a full lap together that's going to be worth it. So, yeah, just uh, I want to run the track as quick as I can and maybe I'll hop, hop behind one of my teammates and get a, get a fast one in. Certainly, you guys tow each other around the track. And that's actually an interesting statement because I think you're totally right about line choice and qualifying. Is that, and we see this in Supercross as well. Sometimes guys will get this ridiculously fast lap time, but they did it using lines that they're not practical for racing. Like there's a big jump line, or there's, or they cut off, cut the, the finish line uh, last corner really tight to try and just get that yeah. extra half a tenth or something like that. Um, but more often than not, like, sort of, there's a strategy there of, okay, this might not be a great racing lap, but this is what's going to be necessary for me to get a good gate pick. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's definitely a lot different than obviously a racing line, but you can find little sneaky lines that are really good. Um, like you said, Supercross, you can do it too. So, yeah, it's just about putting a lap together, and I believe it's not always about just wide open. Like, you have to be smart and... I think it's really important to make sure your bike is finding the right traction and in the right gear. Like that's a big, big part of it that people don't understand. Like it's not always about just hanging it out. Like you got to make sure your bike's pulling right everywhere on the track. And uh, yeah, as, as long as you do that, you're, you're gaining speed. I like it, my friend. So what, what's the, what's the goal for this weekend in Southwick? Uh, like um, obviously you, you mentioned earlier in the podcast, if you don't get this certain amount of points, you might end up heading back to uh, Loretta's. You might not, even if you don't end up getting those points uh, is the goal to uh, basically just um, leave that question completely out and just go get the points necessary to basically eliminate yourself. Um. I'm not really sure yet. I mean, if they, if they decide they want me to for sure race Loretta's, then I would assume, you know, maybe I'll have to be pulled off or, you know, not race second. Ride at 125? Uh, oh, dude, yeah, no, I ain't doing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, just, I mean, I guess it's really kind of up to them. And I guess the the goal would be if I'm, if I'm not going Loretta's, then I have just two more solid motos, keep logging those motos and, uh, Two, two more top tens would be really, really good. I like it. That would definitely be uh, right up your alley. What about the Washougal, uh, the the two stroke challenge? If we're if we're going full t- like full pro side of things, uh, and you'd be pretty much out of the points uh, championship wise, like what needs to happen? Do we need to sit down with Bobby Reagan in order to put you on a YZ two fifty for Washougal for that uh, for that uh, motorsport two stroke challenge? I think that would be. Uh, I think there's some money on the line for that. Yeah, I mean, the fans would probably love it. I mean, I'd be down. and just going to have to talk to the boss man about it. <laughs> yeah, way too, way too much research and development going into that 250, uh, 254-stroke 250, uh, side of things to pull you off of there. But uh, have you ever ridden a 252-stroke? 
Uh, I think, yeah, my dad actually has one. He does freestyle and he rides, like, he does it, uses it to uh, do freestyle. But I've rode it, like, once or twice. And then, uh, I think Wait, your I dad did freestyle? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he does. That's insane. Uh, this is breaking news. Yeah, he did. We obviously don't need more, but he did do freestyle, yeah. I like it. That's that. This is this is. I'm learning things here on the on the uh, Verb Moto broadcast. Um, but yeah, not a lot of in, not, not a lot of time spent on a 252 stroke, which isn't completely surprising given the fact that uh, two strokes are sort of uh, the, the dinosaurs of the sport. They're, they're, they haven't been prevalent since you were again, like I said, a toddler. Um, but yeah, I, I would personally love to see it, or at the very least, like a all star Yamaha YZ252 stroke edit. Like, I don't know what needs to happen for that to be a thing, but I think that might break the internet. Oh, that would be sick for sure. I mean, if they could make that thing sound, you know, different than any other bike, that'd be so sick. But, yeah, I, I would love to spend some time on a two-stroke just to have some fun eventually. I mean, that'd be that'd be pretty sick. I mean, I love the sound of them. <laughs> I like it. So, what's the uh, what's the like? Are are you superstitious about anything on race day? Are you particular about anything on race day? Um, what is the sort of the method to the madness as far as getting yourself ready to uh, to throw down? Do you listen to music? Do you need some quiet time? Do you go for a nap, or is it just uh, you're all just a bag of nerves? Well, you know, this is all pretty new to me, so it's my first one. But yeah, I was just I just had a nap before uh, the first moto and. Yeah, I don't. I didn't really listen to music. I was good, so you don't have music when you're out there. So, um, okay. Yeah, I mean, I was. Uh, yeah, I was just chilling. I mean, I was definitely nervous for sure. But once I came back from the sight lap, I was pretty locked in and, and ready to give it all I had. Okay, so once we turn pro, Daxton, it, there, there's a lot of racing involved. There, like when it comes when it comes to amateur racing, a lot of the uh, much maligned is the sort of the schedule of not racing as much. Uh, as maybe the kids did growing up uh, in, in many years ago, um, are you ready to to like pull the trigger on this and be uh, like behind the gate basically every every weekend? Maybe a weekend off here and there, but for the most part, it's just all systems go. Yeah, I like that because I feel like each and every week you can build and learn and get better. So obviously, amateur racing you train forever and then you only have one race to show and. It's, it's pretty hard. Like I, I like the pro schedule a lot more where you can race each weekend and get better and, you know, learn who you're racing and um, just build. And obviously it takes time to learn these new tracks and, and get up to that speed. So, yeah. I like it, man. Daxton Bennick here on the Verb Moto broadcast. Thank you so much for making some time for the show, my friend. Uh, we'll let you get on with the rest of your afternoon, but uh, I know you got a ton of great supporters, people who have uh, helped you get along the way to making your pro debut this this weekend. Uh, thank the sponsors, but also thank those people who've made this all possible. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously a lot of people behind the scenes, even from my like from the team that no one knows about. So um, first, I could start with my mom, my dad, my whole family came out to watch me at Redbud this weekend. Um, yeah, I have a really, really used to have a really good buddy named Shane Castaball. He passed away a couple years ago, and uh, I just want to shout out him. I was thinking about him on my pro debut for sure, and I'm really good friends with his brother now. So, yeah, I mean, my aunt, uncle, uh, everyone. I had an old trainer named Corey, who was a big, big part of it. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's so many people that I could go on for for a while about. So. Just really want to thank everyone for making it making it happen because I'm living my dream and uh, we're gonna give all we got. 
Awesome, man. Well, good luck at Southwick and any other nationals that you hit for the rest of this particular season and going forward. We'll definitely catch up with you uh, in short order, but uh, appreciate the time, my friend. Yep. Thank you very much. Good, good to be on. Awesome. Don't hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, we're going to cut it off right there. All right, guys, that is my interview with Daxton Benick. Thanks, Daxton, so much for making the time for the podcast. It's always good to catch up with him. The kid has a great sense of humor and, uh, yeah, I think a bright future as well. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. Now, if you've been paying attention, I love to throw some music at the end of these. And me and my good friend, Zach Heron, have been getting on pretty well lately, especially since we first met at Verbadilla about six, eight weeks ago. Um, he's an awesome guy. He actually even has his own original music that is available on Spotify. Uh, he's got a couple of songs on there and one of them is near and dear to my heart because as a young kid, I always wanted to go to the ranch and shout out for, uh, for all those who line the fences at Hurricane Mills. So here's Zach Heron without At the Ranch. <laughs> 